With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, welcome to Manchester's Red Podcast from Manchester Evening News. I'm Rich Fay. I'm delighted to say I'm joined today on Acast for the first time ever as well. Make sure you subscribe and give us all those juicy numbers going forward. Um, Samuel Luckhurst, nice to have you here. Nice to be here, thank you. As always, and Kieran, nice to have you here as well. Juicy, yeah. <laughs> a juicy start. And you two, were, you had the privilege of going down to Wembley on the weekend. Can't ignore that. United booked their place in the FA Cup final. Another good performance and it was a good sort of contrast to see how far United have come even in the last few months compared to the last visit to Wembley where Spurs totally sort of wiped the floor of United. Absolutely, I think you could um, bookend that game with the game at the weekend and despite the severe debacle in between, there's an awful lot um, of positivity about United and that they have beaten four of the top six sides uh, in, in that period, I think now, and in three of those they came from behind. That used to be their kryptonite under Mourinho, they were terrible at uh, winning games from losing positions, but I think in the last couple of months... They've won as many games from losing positions as they had in the previous 21 months under Mourinho, which is quite remarkable. So they've attained this resilience about them. And at the weekend, I think there were certain players like Pogba and Sanchez who at times they can really get on supporters' nerves because there's a frustration there. I think supporters know how how brilliant they can be and if they don't perform, it's suddenly, why isn't Rashford playing? Why isn't Marshall playing? Um, but they never go into hiding. And, and Sanchez, I, th- I think Pogba was the one who got nutmegged by Trippier quite early on in the game. And then it, it seems as though Dembele was trying to humiliate him as well when he was trying to shimmy past him. And it was almost in that moment where Pogba brushed him off and clipped that pass into Sanchez. That's the golf in talent there. And for Pogba personally, after Dembele ran that game in, in January with, with Kieran, uh, not Kieran Dyer, Eric <laughs> Dyer. Um, it's that 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 was quite satisfying, and with Sanchez, that was by far and away his best best game for United. I mean, he, I think everybody knows that he he always tries hard no matter yeah. what. Anyway, and and certainly in the derby, he had a a pretty shambolic first half, but in the second half was absolutely superb. And I think there's despite having quite a variable start, looking at him going into next season as Kieran wrote recently he won't have a summer tournament to play at you'd certainly expect an awful lot of him um, because United really do need to challenge for the league next season credibly anyway yeah, it's interesting what you said there. Of course, about Sanchez, he's had such a hefty schedule in the last few years as well. Chile having back-to-back Copa Americas. I think he had the um, the Confederations, Confederations, Confederations Cup, Cup as well. Yeah. Cup. So he's never really. He's been a while since he's had a good summer off, and like you said, the, the foundation is definitely there for him to get even better next season. Of course, it was never in doubt he was going to score Wembley, was it, Kieran? No, it's a remarkable record, isn't it? I mean, a header as well. Yeah. It kind of reminds you of that Messi goal um, against United <laughs> yeah. a few years ago. You know, some, someone kind of small and it kind of pauses. And yeah, he, he's. Um, it was it was an odd one because you you kind of thought Tottenham they they had um, gone ten minutes without conceding, mm-hmm. and given how quickly Tottenham scored in the January game, you're like oh, it's already progress and. 
they seemed to be holding their own and then Tottenham just you know split them open and you had all those kind of um, narratives like Pogba jogging back to track back Young being in no man's and you could kind of feel like in the City game that there were people preparing the digs already um, before half time had come round and it was just you know A uh, the run of Sanchez B the, the ball from Pogba no one else in the United team could have put a cross in like that and um, again, it's it's like in City where you had Sanchez putting the ball in for Pogba, and now you're seeing uh, Pogba putting it in for Sanchez. So that's really um, exciting for United fans that they've only been together, you know, three or four months, and already that understanding. I don't think Pogba even needed to look up when he hit it. Mm. It's just, it was it was a brilliant pass. So um, I think you can build your team around those two, and that's probably what um, Mourinho's thinking. That's why he doesn't need another four because. There's a balance in that attack, um, and I, I think there were so many positives. Uh, Ander Herrera is another one who, you know, he just thought um, at times it really. What was he doing that earlier in the season? But the past, you know, I think of the Bournemouth game, the Spurs game, uh, the City game. He's, he's come in after an injury, and he's he's almost been like a new signing for that team because that four through three just looks like the template to take forward and. There's a lot to be positive about again, and you're just wondering, oh, uh, surely there won't be a setback around the corner where they, you know, <laughs> against Arsenal or something. But um, they go into, as Conte said, as FA Cup favourites. Yeah, it's very complimentary. The mind games have started already <laughs> as well from Conte, which is going to be exciting, though. While, of course, it was United's attacking brilliance that sort of proved, proved the difference on the day, United's defence dealt with Spurs quite well after that sort of shaky first 20 minutes or so of them. They did really well. And Chris Smalling, of course, grabbed the headlines for having a certain player in his pocket. Well, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, the funny thing about that was, as somebody said, the, the FA are bigging Smalling up. Yeah, yeah. the guy, the FA, have um, got into managing the England team, doesn't want him anywhere near the England squad. And there's Harry Kane, who's like the great white hope of, of England. I mean, the, what I was slightly surprised about it was not so much... I mean, okay, it was surprising they did the tweet, but also I thought Jones was, yeah, was the say, better of yeah. the two centre halves um, in the game, and there was that that shot at the end where I can't remember if it was a goal kick or a set piece, but it was in like the ninety fourth, ninety fifth minute, they, and yeah. Jones and Smalling were pretty much celebrating right on top of Harry Kane, who just looked <laughs> knackered. Um, they they completely neutered him, and it's it's pretty well documented that Kane's record against United is it's a pretty poor one. Mm. I think it's just the one goal which was in the the last White Hart Lane game um, but early on I, I think the one thing you would say is that Saturday isn't an example of why United are looking at hopefully from their perspective signing two full backs because they did look a team that had two auxiliary full backs in uh, that defence um, one of the other reporters was saying at half time that he'd got grief because he alluded to the possibility that Pogba might have been culpable for Ali's goal um, because he was he was caught out of position but it was clearly Young who was who was blameworthy for that I think United were trying to press quite high and it was almost as if Young got a little bit carried away with that uh, and Valencia you rarely see him get done uh, by, by wingers but Son seems to seems to have his number and I think Tottenham might be a bit gutted that they didn't exploit him more than they did uh, on, on Saturday but look l- those two aside, I think you know, Matic is usually quite solid and reliable. I think Herrera, as, you, as Kieran was saying, he's, he's had a pretty poor season 
Um, and his, his form has plummeted, certainly after last season. But just approaching the stadium on Saturday, United fans were singing his name, which I saw as an indication that his, his approval ratings are pretty high again. Um, and, and obviously the change in lyrics as well about the, the city crest as well. So uh, that's that's helped his, uh, his his popularity. But he is a player who I think is always he's just tailor made for four three three. And Mourinho has been re- reluctant to play in certain games this season. And I think you go back to the, the that Chelsea game where at Stamford Bridge where he tried to be quite bold yeah. with his approach and it just didn't really suit that United side on the day. And Herrera and Matic were left a bit exposed by by Mkhitaryan, um, who, who was anonymous. So it, there are there's definite um, there are definite positives from the defensive side, but you still look at it and you think, yeah, United. I mean, they they want a defensive midfielder, yeah. they want two full backs, and there's a good chance they could get a centre half in as well. So it, it doesn't necessarily reflect um, how, how miserly they've been at times this season. But again, I think that's you. De Gea didn't have a lot to do at the weekend, but for the majority of the season, there have been games where he has saved them points. Yeah, I think, again, it sort of highlights just how important De Gea has been this season, but also how how much United progressed, considering that the obvious vulnerability that every team that faces them know they have at full-back. You know, if you can get it, United, you'll cause them problems, like you said. And like I said, Son, early on, had the beating of Valencia, really, a couple of times where Jones had to cover in the centre to get the ball away. Um, like Sam alluded to there, Kieran, there's been two sort of contrasting performances against Chelsea this season, mm-hmm. albeit the most recent one was a fantastic performance by United, again, a game where Lukaku really sort of came of age in that one. Um, looking ahead to the cup final, Mourinho, will he know his best eleven already? Yeah, it's kind of shifted because he, um, I know that Spurs reverse game that was he'd settled on that lineup. Mm. It was the same one he used in the game against Newcastle, and then he went back to the drawing board after that. And Martial's obviously been the one who's who's missed out as a result. But um, I think for that game, yeah, it'd be a big surprise. You know, if if Bailly wasn't fit, I don't think he needs to necessarily make many changes. It was quite settled, but. I think if you can get Bailly back for that, whatever's happened, it was it was quite bizarre. He wasn't in the matchday squad. He was on the bench against Bournemouth, I think. And there is there will be a story on that on Tuesday. Oh. Not Tuesday. We're, we're talking Tuesday on Wednesday. Yeah. 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 So nice but it's it's, it's 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 a it's not negative. No. Yeah. What, what um, you you would think if he's uh, gets through this story um, that he'll he'll be the one you bring in, but otherwise. Um, just has that right balance, but I think the the Chelsea game was obviously a turning point for for so many people with Lukaku um, and United in general. Um, when you think Chelsea had started that game so well, Morata uh, hit the crossbar after a minute. Um, William was running the show. Hazard had a quiet game. Imagine if he was playing well, they could have been out of sight. But that was the first of you know you know the last ten games they've come back and four of them and. Um, that mentality is, is so strong there and you can just see in so many gestures there was that thing with McTominay in the tunnel or Valencia's, you know, like a soldier and McTominay isn't even in the squad so he had a right to be, oh, why is Fellaini ahead of me in the, yeah. in the, on the bench and he was, he was, you know, being a, a good teammate and a good squad member so there's that kind of feeling now that this is very much a Mourinho team um, and that this winning this can can take them one step closer to taking again more momentum to next season. It's just 
what you need to catch City. I think personally it's going to be in City's hands. City's rival is themselves, if that makes sense, that it's only if their performance is dipped in some ways can they catch them because I don't think, um, as I've said before, United spending 200 million is, is necessarily going to be it. It's it's going to be a, a, a lot of factors to catch them. But I think end of the season, uh, second with FA Cup, it's progress, albeit, you know, it could have been more and yeah. you think of those games they could they could have as he said or I'm kind of surprised he admitted they could have had 10 more points in the league and obviously they could have gone to the quarters in Champions League they might have gone out to Bayern Munich but getting it's to the quarters yeah. they haven't done that in a long time so um, it's a pity but he obviously can't have everything it's true and he seemed to miss out some games on that list of drop points mm. as well I mean the, the most glaring one that I think of is Leicester Away, oh yeah, yeah which Christmas, was just yeah. you know scandalous, and he said that there was childish finishing. Yeah. Um, obviously, with the Burnley game on Boxing Day, they were two 0 down that, but it's still a game you expect yeah, United to win, and Southampton as well. They've even though they've been a lot more consistent, and as he keeps on saying about more points, more goals, and this that the other, it's as if second <laughs> is the new first under mm-hmm. Mourinho. Um, that I can still see where he's coming from because he is striving to be for that perfection and last season they did drop a lot of points against the relative fodder of the league and that is still it's a slight problem there but they are they're kind of like end away at it and getting rid of it at the moment yeah like I said the, I guess the, the season now is on that defining game against Chelsea that final as you said it's going to be Mourinho against Conte oh, it's Michael Oliver yes. in charge <laughs> we've got Matic against his former club Herrera against Chelsea yeah. in the FA Cup again Rata Lukaku yeah, as the, well the fans that can actually afford to go to the final are going yeah. to have quite a treat aren't they yeah the, the, the ticket prices are a joke 77% increase on some yeah. of them for the same seats as they would have been sat in for that Spurs game and which which is remarkable really and um I mean, United fans have said already, that, and they've had. There's been some of a response from the FA, but it's just like we'll consult fans yeah. in the future if they're amazed that there's outrage at tickets costing 145 pounds. Uh, it's it is. A, I mean, you know, I think Kieran said it was the first time he covered a game at the New Wembley at the weekend, and it's it is. There's still a bit of a buzz about it yeah. um, in terms of going there, and certainly when you're coming down the Wembley Park steps, the amount of people who are taking pictures from the distance. <laughs> It has a slight aura about it, but I think for those of us, old of us who who remember going to the old Wembley yeah. compared to this one, it is quite soulless and just the whole camp semi-finals yeah. at Wembley. It's it's not, you know, it's they they really don't help themselves in like the FA Cup is a trophy that needs it's all it needs a new sheen every yeah. year and they kind of just diminish it with um, these gestures. But there are a lot of really good subplots and I think the FA are quite fortunate that for the second year running you've got a really good final I mean I think fans are all for um, Minnows get going so far and we had it with, with Rochdale this year taking Tottenham to a replay and a couple of other um, lower league clubs having really good runs but come the final you don't want a United Millwall final no, or I think 2008 it was Portsmouth Cardiff yeah. which you know, all due respect to Portsmouth yeah. and Cardiff fans, I don't think many want that as a spectacle. So it, it is two really good football insides. And as, as Kieran said, I thought Chelsea in that first half an hour, whatever it was, at Old Trafford were excellent. Yeah. Certainly, I think possibly second to City in terms of a period of play. 
by by an opposition side at, at United this season. They're really impressive, and the game just got away from them in the second half. I mean, there was a misconception that uh, McTomney had Hazard in his pocket, like it was a you know, a sequel. To, yeah, like it was a sequel to Herrera's performance against him last yeah. season, which was it was nonsense. Um, you know, Hazard had the run of United for a good third of that game. He just fades in the second half because it was almost a pragmatism range. United's got the goal. Mm. They're quite, you know, they, they they went into lockdown mode a little bit like at the weekend. I think when United got the goal at the weekend, you just sensed that they weren't going to let that yeah. slip because the defence was organised. Ashley Young wasn't going walkabout or anything like that. Um, and and the league games between now and then, I don't think they're going to have a bearing because Chelsea are almost certainly not going to finish in the top four, even though there's a glimmer of hope there left for them. Um, and United, it's you know, second has been theirs to lose for since about October, really. So it's it's just going to be on the day, really, what what happens there. Yeah, it's like so it's, a, it's a game that both managers really need to win now to almost save their seasons as well. Both managers have that rivalry; they've got a point to prove. Do you think it's got that extra edge? Can you must be very excited for the, for the final. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's going to be Antonio Conte's last game in, in English football, isn't it? You, you would think. Um, but it's interesting how, although he's kind of said United are favourites and the same um, response, you know, he's very keen to play down that Mourinho rivalry, which was getting, you know, almost obscene <laughs> before they had even come together for that second game. It was like, I'm going to have a word with him and stuff. And it was, it's a pity in a way that it died down. And I think that they both almost have an unwritten agreement not to um, wind each other up, even though it'd be a cup final. I don't expect... I expect all the tension will be coming from us trying to build it up, but it's um, you know they're they're two brilliant managers whose, whose records will will stand and um, like you said, there are just so many subplots. You got Murat, who's you know probably had a an average season at best when you look at it, whereas Lukaku, you know, the assists alone have been fantastic. Um, so they'll both be up for it. it. Could well be Giroud who starts. He's obviously hurt United from the bench before. Um, you've got um, you know Sanchez against Hazard. Okay. There, are loads of one on ones. Do you there. think the fact that Chelsea lost the FA Cup last season yeah, was going to be playing on Conte's mind? Yeah, I think it'll be. They definitely went into that, and I think everyone went into that thinking Chelsea were going to get the double. <laughs> oh, and uh, win win the Premier <laughs> League and 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 the FA Cup for I think that was only second time in yeah. history. And Arsenal was was an amazing shock. Um, that so was I, one of the last great Arsenal yeah, performances yeah. of Wenger. It's like you watched it and you thought, oh, Wenger will stay on now because <laughs> yeah. he thinks he can, <laughs> he can do this make them continue. champions next year. And everyone knows it's just a full storm. Um, the thing I'd say about Morata, I mean, obviously United fans have, have, have heckled him quite uh, deliriously in recent months. But it, I, I mean, I might be wrong, but certainly from what I've seen of him this season... His best performance was against United in that um, Bridge, yeah, yeah, in that Chelsea win at Stamford Bridge. He was brilliant, and that day, I mean, Lukaku was hopeless that day, but he was in that run where we, I think it was just one goal in twelve, and mm. obviously he's come on since then. I think this, when that decision was made by United, my gut instinct all along was that Morata and still is that Morata is a better footballer, which I don't think many people dispute that yeah. in terms of. A goal score. I think Lukaku is always going to comfortably have the edge on that. You look at Morata's goal scoring record at Real, at Juventus. I know he wasn't always a first choice or a starter, 
but it is quite underwhelming. And it's almost as if if he has a purple patch, he'll be linked with a club. He was linked with United in 2016, I think, after scoring a couple of goals Mm. at, at the Euros. But he just doesn't have that killer instinct that Lukaku does have. And Lukaku can be quite profligate at times. I mean... I don't know if the assist was credited to him at the weekend, but it was. Well, I, I, I don't know if Lingard got the deftest of touches. That was the, um, yeah, yeah. the 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 thing about it. But it was like it was an assist by virtue of his infamously all right first touch, which is still a problem in in certain games. And there've been there's been a small faction and say of United fans who would quite like to see the team have a sustained period without Lukaku in the team, seeing where they'd go with. Marshall up front mm. or Rashford up front. I think a lot of them are kind of holding on to that New Year's Day game at Everton, yeah. where, which they won 2 0 with Lukaku injured. And Marshall obviously scored as well. Um, but Mourinho loves him. I mean, they've, they've invested in up to £90 million pounds for him. And if he continues in the vein, um, in the goal scoring vein of this season, then United aren't going to need a number nine for five more years. You've, you've pretty much got a figurehead yeah. for as long as. At least Van Nistelrooy, which was uh, which was five years as well. It's interesting what you said there about investment as well. Of course, some fans will be having one eye on the summer now, and reports suggest that um, City want to make a move for Jorginho in the summer, and United maybe would go for Fred in that instance. Um, Those reports being on the in the end as well, yeah. Rich. Yeah, <laughs> I've realised I've through that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so no, no, central no. midfield for United this summer is, as you said earlier along with fullbacks is the, the main priority really um, Fred the Red are we going with this or well yeah I mean it's, it's a good it's a good back page headline um, you can only see yeah, the social they, media th- I, th- I think what, what appeals to United is that a little bit like with, with Sanchez is that they obviously a lot of people expected Fred to go to City in January uh, City deferred on that signing because they wanted a merit Laporte in instead which was understandable because I think Guardiola thought there's, no, there's another left back I could play there. Well, I don't think he'd be playing left back anymore after what happened at Anfield. And United have just touched base since then and are very keen on him now. I think Shakhtar, because of the history of selling players at, for very high fees, I think he's on quite a long contract as well because he signed one recently. And he's just got back into the Brazil squad on top of that. So they, they're going to command quite a high fee for him. And uh, he's a very physical player as well. I mean, I was always... With, with Jorginho, United were looking at him. They still might be, but Jorginho always strikes... He just strikes me as more of a Guardiola midfielder. Um, whereas Fred, because he's a physical, imposing guy who gets about the pitch, he strikes you as a, as a Mourinho midfielder. And Obviously, I don't think it's going to make much sense for United to get two uh, Fred types in, so to speak. I think they're going to need a bit of guile there, particularly... When you consider Pogba, there is an over-reliance on him at times to provide that creativity from midfield. What I would say on that is that I think Herrera can can do that role if he's allowed to. I think that there's certainly been a restriction implemented there by Mourinho and that under him, Herrera seems to have been converted into into just like a purely defensive midfielder, whereas... In his first season at United, he was running games against Liverpool and City in, in an attacking capacity. But he showed at the weekend if he's got that license, and he did have it because they would clearly one of the tactics were to press Tottenham and prevent them from playing out in the back. And Herrera was allowed to push further forward, and 
he can be allowed to do that in the future, then you can maybe justify just signing the one midfielder in the summer. But Mourinho has obviously um, gone on record as saying that they want to if Fellaini goes. And bowl accounts, Fellaini is gone. I mean, he's approaching the last two months of his contract now. I, it would be a surprise if suddenly United were to yeah. announce um, he signed an extension. And I think among United supporters, I don't think many would be asked would would be bothered if he's going or, or not because he's been a decent player yeah, but he's not an, yeah absolutely he's not untouchable yeah so, and it's interesting you said that but um, Fred make his way back into the Brazil side do you think Mourinho's going to try and get most of his business done before the World Cup this summer Kieran? yeah uh, definitely I think it's going to be such a tough summer that although you don't have that headache of signing a superstar forward now haven't got the bonus of Sanchez um, you've got the new Premier League deadline so you yeah. can't sign mm. any more players uh, after the first game of the season you have the World Cup as well so I think um, you know they're they're heading out in pre-season I think July the 15th so I think that date will be in his mind like last season where you get try and get all your business done by then as unrealistic as it might be Say if out of three signs he got two in by then, I think they're doing well. Um, but as I was saying, I think it's at least less glamorous positions and more functional players, and in theory, that makes it easier. But um, for me, it wouldn't be surprised if, like we've had previous summers, you just get some completely left field, just drop in and buy was, yeah, it? exactly. It would Big not time. surprise me with one of those three positions if it's someone just no one saw coming because. As, as much as he's lost some of his powers in other aspects, I think recruitment-wise he can still pull a rabbit out of the hat. And, um, I could see that happen again this summer, even if it's not a name who's going to sell Should six million say, shirts yeah. in, in uh, Mexico or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think with, with Matic, they pretty much agreed personal terms in yeah. May. Um, I think the season had just ended or was just about to end, but then he didn't come in until two months mm. later. And that was partly because... Dyer was the first choice, but Tottenham just weren't going to budge on that, which I think you look at that from the outset and you just think, well, obviously they wouldn't budge because he's on a big contract and it's Tottenham, it's Daniel Levy, whereas Matic was clearly attainable because for whatever reason, Chelsea made that decision there. So uh, you do wonder whether they they won't... I mean, United have wasted an awful lot of time on targets in the past, you know, from Ronaldo, Bale, Fabregas to guys like Pedro, really. Um, But if they don't waste their time, there's a decent chance they'll get the players in. But as Kieran says, I think the World Cup is a complication because there'll be some players... I think Griezmann's already said that he wants to his move concluded before the World Cup. I think everybody knows he's going to go to Barcelona. Um, Whereas other players have said they want to wait until after the tournament. And I think... Stephen Gerrard has said in the past how it affected him going to a World Cup, not knowing whether he'd be at Liverpool the yeah. following season. So it, it depends on the personality and the profile of the player as well. It's going to be an exciting summer for us all, I'm sure. Anyway, and I guess yes. while we're a little look ahead, the preseason tours was announced last week. United are going to go there, play Milan, Liverpool, and Madrid, I believe, is it? Yes. Yeah, it's going to be more of the same. It'll be interesting, like you said, that the World Cup will sort of hamper with who gets a chance. United will be. Hoping to see, well, fans are hoping to already see Gomez and Chong feature at some point. I'm sure the youngsters will get their get their chance in America. Yeah, I, I think it might be more interesting than having a full squad because yeah. you have got uh, fringe players, or, or certainly in the case of those two young players, hopefully 
going on that tour. You, you'd think they would because obviously Sanchez or uh, will go, Juan Mata will, because I don't think anybody expects him to be in the Spain squad. Uh, but it's just a good opportunity to take them and, and give them that exposure. I still suspect that looking at the World Cup, how it works out, you can see some United players going out of the group stage, having their three weeks off, and then they'll be at UCLA campus uh, training with their teammates. But it's, I think, I certainly think with, with Chong, he's, he's a player, it's testament to what a good talent he is that he had that knee injury, he was out for 10 yeah. months, he's come back in, he just, he looks better than he was when he, when he first came to the club and United have got a real gem there and it's just, they've got to nurture him properly and I think it's reassuring that Mourinho doesn't want another attacker and he actually alluded, it seemed, he didn't name the answers uh, by name at the weekend when he was discussing um, th- th- those midfield transfer plans but he started talking about the evolution of certain youngsters and you know, you, your ears pricked up at that as if to say does that mean you know, Chong will he I mean he might make his debut next season but certainly he needs to be eased in and it, it, there's no good going out and signing a winger who's going to bed block him for yeah. five years or something like that so that's that's quite reassuring and as as I said, if he gets the exposure that'll stand him in good stead for next season. Yeah, have Chong FC will be taken over to the next season. Let's hope not. That's wonderful <laughs> really. Um, can't ignore the big game coming up this weekend. Night versus Arsenal, we've seen the classic fixtures yeah. over the years. This will be the last one with Arsene Wenger in it. A real shame, the granddad of Arsenal FC. He's probably overstayed his welcome there a bit too long. But uh, it's gonna be a shame to see him go and it's going to be a new rivalry for Mourinho yeah. next season. Yeah, it comes in. It's weird because I, I often wondered as the years went on when he did step down with the immediate reaction be, oh, what a revolutionary or yeah. Jesus, you know, what he's doing for a decade, you know. So it's kind of nice in a weird way to, to see that it's been mainly positive and people yeah. remembering the good things because, uh, you know, what he did in the 90s was remarkable and into the, the early noughties and... Um, that Channel 5 documentary was so amazingly timed that I wondered did they know something <laughs> or, it was just uh, brilliant to to kind of watch some of those old clips back and things but um, yeah I think with, with Mourinho it, it, it was an awkward one when he was asked about it because yeah. this is he's, he's been personal with a lot of managers but Fenger you know <laughs> literally pushing and shoving um, so I'd imagine he'll he'll go to great extremes after the game to Phrase him and it'll be a bit sickly, but I think um, he's he's just been in one of those great Premier League characters, and uh, it'd be really intriguing to see who they get in uh, because you're wondering are they going to have a, a moist like uh, scenario develop where you don't know how good it is till it goes, or will it be someone will come in and they'll the upturn and all those issues Arsenal have had for ten years will disappear and the mentality thing will will change, but. Um, you know, you would think United are a good two or three steps ahead of them, no matter who they get in for now, and uh, that's just been down to having uh, the right manager. I think what's encouraging for Arsenal, it's not like Wenger's the kingmaker here, no. like Ferguson, no. so you're not going to have Remy Gard coming in to, to replace him. Um, Mourinho was, it was typical Mourinho when he was asked about it on Friday, and that when his runnings were brought up, of which there have been many, and he's, I mean, he called him a voyeur, he called him a specialist yeah. in failure. 
and he just turned it on to uh, the reporter for saying, you know, this is a typical question from you, the real people. He said the real football people, and he mentioned the players, the managers, and, and the referees, weirdly, within the four borders. We, we know what, what Arsene Wenger stands for, which I thought was a pretty weird um, way to go about it, because one, he didn't mention supporters, yet yeah. typically supporters <laughs> would be having a go at us because of his response. Um, I mean, watching that Channel 5 documentary, as, as Kieran said, you, I think from a United perspective, I think United fans would have remembered just how loathsome Arsenal were then. Uh, because really they, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, just utterly detestable. Um, they had, you know, something about the way they celebrated or just the look on their faces, but it was because there was such a terrific side um, and, and Gary Neville's compliment was, was one of the best uh, summaries of Wenger in that you know, he said Arsenal changed the way United played because they were so good and he did have the edge on Ferguson uh, a number of times and that eight year rivalry was an epic um, but it must have worried Arsenal fans when in, in 2008 you've got Wenger and Ferguson sat at an LMA dinner looking like Morecambe and Wise and at that point you just think it's, yeah. it's game over because you're no longer a threat um, and it's just remarkable that Ferguson and Wenger there was a point where Wenger said I will not answer any questions about that man and then that man in Ferguson on Friday is talking about his colleague and friend and just you know that that's not what Arsenal <laughs> fans want and kind of from United uh, fans' perspective, you don't want it either because it was a great rivalry, yeah. and if it can reignite somehow uh, down the line, that that would be great because it gives us more to write about. But it's difficult to envisage who those two managers are going to be. But then again, this was a guy who's come from Japan and a guy who'd come from Aberdeen on collision course. <laughs> I don't think anybody uh, ever envisaged that would be uh, one of the great English football rivalries. But it will be good, particularly on Sunday. He's had some horrendous grief of United fans and one particular yeah. chant yeah. that has been repeatedly um, chanted at him. But I do think you know, football changes, and particularly given that he's, he's quitting now, um, that he, he will get a good reception. Also, you know, Arsenal's game sandwiched between the two outlets of Madrid ties, so I can imagine their team's going to be weaker than the 8-2 side. So it's, like yeah, it's, it's, when you saw the team shoot that day, you knew something was going to happen. It's like a League Cup team, yeah. wasn't it? So I think it should be a relatively comfortable win for United and it's a meaningless game for Arsenal because it's all about yeah. Europa League and trying to find a way to stop Diego Costa if he's fit as well. It's going to be a very weird sort of atmosphere. Like, like Samuel said, that's going to be an interesting one. United, do you expect the same sort of tactical approach as we saw against Chelsea then against Arsenal or do you think yeah, I think it's it's very hell bent on getting this second position tied up. So I think they're going to need a point to get top four, and then I think if they win, you know, say they two wins and a draw from the final mm-hmm. four, and they've got second for sure or something like that. So I think touching on the youngsters that um, you know, if, if they had second sewn up by that Watford home game, which is a Carrick's farewell game. You could feasibly see a few of the young guys mm. get in. So that Palace Ethan, game. Yeah, Ham- Ethan Hamilton and um, with Chong, for example, I know Mourinho promoted Gomez, who I don't think I played a reserve team football. He went straight from the under teams to the first team. That could well happen with Chong, you never know. So um I think a lot of the Academy kids, as much as they always cheer United on, will be really hoping they get over the line by that Watford game because he's shown already um if there's a cup final after the last game of the season he'll He'll um, start a few of the kids, so that 
let's hope that happens because it's great to you saw that Josh Hart moment I know it didn't come to anything ultimately but yeah. that was that was brilliant just to see a, a kid who not many people knew outside of United uh, deliver like that so more of that would be great yeah it gives like that, that sort of final last boost I mean when you finish a season on such a high like that it gives the fans the, the excitement going into the to the new season really I guess that's what United needs to do they need to finish the season as much as the highest possible we said that cup win will ultimately define the season for United but they've progressed remarkably under Mourinho so far I think that's all we've got time for I think so I think we're all chatted out but um, as Sam said we've got an excellent piece on Eric Bayer going on Tuesday (laughs) on Wednesday sorry it is Tuesday today Um, we'll have more build up towards this Arsenal extravaganza on the weekend and of course more build up towards the FA Cup final which is looming now in May Make sure to subscribe to us on ACAST, the new uh, podcast service for us here at Manchester News, and subscribe on iTunes as well. Thank you for joining us and stick with us for more content on Manchester United.